0: In his book, 101 Questions and Answers on the Eucharist, Father Giles Dimmock touches on many aspects of the Mass and the Blessed Sacrament. Father Dimmock, as you will recall, led us in our parish mission this year. Many moons ago, back in the 1970s, he was my theology professor at Providence College. Now, in the later years of his academic career, he's teaching at the Franciscan University of Steubenville. I mention his book on this Corpus Christi Sunday, this Solemnity of the Body and Blood of Christ, because right in the middle of the book, in questions 50 and 51 to be exact, Father Dimmick deals with a phenomenon that most people don't directly associate with the Holy Eucharist, although they should. Healing. Question 50 reads, are there healing aspects of the Eucharist? Question 51 reads, are the healings from the Eucharist physical, psychological, or spiritual? I'll use his answers to those questions as the basis of my homily this morning. In addressing the first one, number 50, are there healing aspects of the Eucharist? Father Dimmick quotes the great Spanish saint, the great Carmelite saint, Teresa of Avila, who once wrote this. Do not imagine that this most sacred food is not an excellent food for our bodies and a splendid remedy even for bodily ills. I know for a fact that it is. I know a person who suffered from serious illness and was often in the greatest pain. That pain was lifted from her when she received the Eucharist so that she felt completely well. She was writing there, incidentally, about herself. Now, this really shouldn't surprise us. As Catholics, we understand that the Eucharist is not a symbol. Hopefully, there's no one here who thinks the Eucharist is a symbol. That's the Protestant understanding of the Eucharist. That's not the Catholic understanding. Quite oppositely, we believe as Catholics that the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ present under the appearances of bread and wine. We know that Jesus healed people when he physically walked this planet 2,000 years ago. So I ask you, why should it surprise us if he does the very same thing today? when he comes to us in the Blessed Sacrament. Remember, it's the same Jesus. One of the Dominican priests who prepared Father Dimmick for ordination had a very serious disease of the throat. As he was consuming the precious blood from the chalice at Mass one day, this priest prayed to the Lord that he would be healed. And he was, instantaneously Of course, it would be a mistake for us to think of healing only in physical terms. Not all healings are healings of the body. St. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 that human beings are tridimensional. We are a body, soul, and spirit. That means we can experience healings in our souls and in our spirits, as well as in our bodies. Apropos of all of that, Father Dimmick tells this story in his book, and I'll quote his words directly at this point. One priest counselor who had many clients installed an oratory, a little chapel near his office, where his clients prayed before the blessed sacrament exposed in the monstrance. That's the gold Object that we put the host in when we have adoration. He told them to gaze on the sacrament encased in the sunburst monstrance and to imagine the rays of grace energizing them from the body of the risen Lord. The result was that they felt less need to talk to him, less need for his help and counsel. The clients of this priest-counselor did not need his help as much because they had already experienced some healing in their souls and in their spirits through the Eucharist during the time they spent in adoration. Along the same lines, Father Dimmock speaks of a young woman he knows who led a very immoral life before she had a conversion to Christ in the Church. She told Father Dimmick that she now loves to spend time in adoration, gazing on the blessed sacrament exposed in the monstrance, because she believes that as she looks at the Eucharist, Jesus is cleansing her eyes of all the unholy things she used to look at before her conversion. If you struggle with an addiction to pornography, and that is a growing addiction in today's world with the Internet, if you struggle with that, I suggest that you make Eucharistic adoration part of your recovery program. I think this woman would make the very same suggestion to you, based on her own personal experience. Finally, and I would say... Most importantly, the Eucharist can bring healing to our soul and spirit by bringing us forgiveness for our sins, if we have the right disposition of mind and heart. Did you realize that? The Eucharist is a source of God's forgiveness. Now, the bad news is, the Eucharist will not bring us forgiveness for mortal sin. Sorry? wish I could tell you it did. It does not. To be be forgiven of a mortal sin, we need to take it to the sacrament of reconciliation. But if we don't have a mortal sin on our soul and have true sorrow in our heart, the Eucharist can bring us forgiveness for lesser sins, our venial sins, and it can help to strengthen our will against temptation. This, by the way, is not my idea. This is the teaching of the Church. The Catechism says it in this way, in paragraphs 1394 and 1395. As bodily nourishment restores lost strength, so the Eucharist strengthens our charity, which tends to be weakened in daily life. Can you relate Every day, our charity gets beaten down. (laughs) Stresses at home, an ornery boss at work, people that give us difficulties. It's true. Our charity gets beaten down every day. Sometimes it's hard to be loving. Catechism says, as bodily nourishment restores our lost physical strength, So, the Eucharist strengthens our charity, which tends to be weakened in daily life, and this living charity wipes away venial sins. By the same charity that it enkindles in us, the Eucharist also preserves us from future mortal sins. The more we share the life of Christ and progress in his friendship, the more difficult it is to break away from him by mortal sin. And that last line makes perfect sense, does it not? If our charity, if our love for Christ is strong, and the Eucharist strengthens us in charity, if we are open to those graces, then we will be able to resist sin better when we leave Mass and go out there into the world. Let me conclude today with this thought. When Jesus walked the face of this earth back in the first century, teaching and preaching and healing, he was objectively present. That is to say, he was really there among his people. However, not everyone who saw him or heard him or touched him back then had the same experience on the subjective level. He was objectively there, but subjectively, people had different experiences. Some of the people who encountered him back then were open to his words and to his power. They had faith. And so they were greatly blessed in body, soul, and spirit. But others, the Pharisees and others, were not open. Hence, they were not blessed. Like the people of his own hometown of Nazareth. The Bible says they put no faith in Jesus when he was among them. That's probably because Jesus looked too ordinary to them. He had grown up in their presence. They were saying, who's this? This is the carpenter's son. This is Mary's kid. We've known him for years. He's nobody special. And they closed themselves off totally from his blessings. That's why the Bible says Jesus could work very few miracles in their presence. I've shared these thoughts with you this morning on the healing power of the Eucharist because our situation today is really very similar. Jesus Christ is objectively present to us in the Holy Eucharist. That means he's there whether you believe he is or not. He's objectively present, as he was objectively present to his fellow Jews on the streets of Palestine in the first century. But even though Jesus is objectively present to us in the Eucharist, we can still, on the subjective level, get little or nothing out of the experience of being in his presence. We can even receive him into our own bodies and not be changed one little bit. Subjectively, so much depends on whether or not we have faith. So much depends on whether or not we have allowed God to give us the right attitude, the right mindset, the right disposition of heart. My prayer is that the message of this homily will help us all to approach the Eucharist today when we come to this altar. And in the future, with a deeper faith, a more expectant faith, so that we will be open to all the healing graces that God wants to give us in and through the body and the blood of his Son.